Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons from haggard half-elves to harrowing harpies. And today... We're talking about the Raven Queen. Okay, guys. So our second our second episode in the series of uh DDs and demigods. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. And we're, this we're this talking, falls into our new category. And and you know what? We're doing another queen. Well, first we did the Dragon which, Queen. Which queen is it? Now we're doing the Raven Queen. The Raven Queen. <laughs> yes, uh, she's a very popular deity, I would say. Dark. We got a lot of She's the most emo god, her. probably. Uh, no. I mean, her look. Her look is definitely gothic, gothic chic. Gothic emo. chic, okay, yeah. emo. Her attitude is not emo. She is, as a matter of fact, very much the opposite. She's very unemotional. Okay. And uh, kind of a jerk. <laughs> yeah, cold. Well, very cold, and she's quite ambitious, and... There's not a lot written about her, but what is written is pretty interesting, and uh, a lot of our audience really uh, suggested her. So I was like, "Yeah, I like the Raven Queen. We'll talk about her." Sweet. Usually, like people that are very ambitious in D and D are like opposed heavily. It seems. Yeah. Like people that are up to a lot usually have to be up to no good a little bit. That's. I think that's a common trope in fiction in general, especially mm. fa- fantasy. I, okay. I noticed that like the most ambitious and the most intelligent are always the enemy. That's why you have the mad scientist or the evil sorcerer or whatever. True, true. It's the humble hero who's not out for power but just gets it given to him because he's just such a dope dude is also the common trope. I actually just, hate both those tropes. I'm just walking around slaying yeah. dragons. The, the Gokus and Naruto's of the world. Hell yeah. Although Naruto is my favorite character Both Naruto, are good. But that's a totally different discussion. <laughs> so let's get back to D&D uh, and talk about the goddess of death. <laughs> uh, so the Raven Queen, she originated in fourth edition. She's actually one of the newest things in all of D and D that we've ever talked about. Okay, sweet. Um, for some reason, it's the one thing in fourth edition everyone loves and forgives for E four. Um, <laughs> she is pretty cool. She's a goddess of death, fate, and winter. Um, which I think one could argue that those things are all pretty pretty heavily entwined. Yeah, kind of like the goddess of change in a way. Okay. Because, you know, death, it's, you know, changing from, it's pretty big from change. life to the afterlife. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> from life to the afterlife, you know, fate, you know, your ultimate fate and death and undeath and all that stuff. And winter, of course, it's almost like the death of the year or the death of the seasons. And then there's rebirth. Winter. There we go. Frost. Yes. 
Have uh, you seen that Batman? No. The Batman and Robin with no. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze? Uh, maybe when I was like six. Frost. He said they have yeah. a compilation on YouTube of him saying okay, things I'll, like you'll that. You'll have to show me okay. afterwards. Um, she she's a neutral <laughs> goddess. Okay. Neither good nor evil. She's devoted to the balance of life and death. Right, and that's um, that's really strict one. I know. Yes. Yes. Um, like really into that. That's why yeah. she's kind of like it's kind of what she's about. So it's like removed. Like she doesn't care about your life if you're supposed to die. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Very much so. Um, she despises undeath. Um. I think there might be some underlying reasons to it that don't have anything to do with a general distaste of undeath. Like, we'll get to that. I'm going to tell you okay. the Raven Queen story, and you, I want, would like you to decide what you think about her view of the world. Will? <laughs> yes. Tell me a story. We'll, we'll get there. I'm not, oh, I'm okay. not ready not for yet. I'm, I'm wrapping it up to story time. I retract my previous statement. <laughs> okay, my, my but request. I will. I will tell you a story, so okay. hold that request for later. Uh, she's responsible for guiding all the souls to their appropriate resting place. Oh, shit. I didn't know that part. Right. So, so um, she, she like kind of has to be neutral Like the fairy in uh, hmm? the River Styx. I don't know like the fairy. actual mythology. So Is that in, real? In, real? In, yeah, in Greek okay. mythology, like the oh. spirits have to cross the River Styx and they pay the boatman. Or yeah, whatever. I know Those, the boatman. That's why they leave the coins on the eyes. Yes. And they ferry you across to the I underworld. You said, oh, fair. I thought you said fairy. I'm like, I did. What? Okay. It's like a boat, like a ferry oh, boat. Oh, like a ferry. I was thinking yeah. like a ferry from like the Feywild. No. Okay, oh, this is, yes. okay I can I'm see. very well aware well, of the River Styx. I forgive you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's get back to it. Okay. Um, so, so that's to say, you know, we talked about in the uh, Devils episode. Oh, uh, or like Davy Jones. Oh, here we go. Sorry. No, it's okay. I like talking about Davy Jones. <laughs> what about Davy Jones? He ferries souls oh, from the yeah. underworld. Yeah, he does. Not yeah, he like does. the Feywild. No, not like the Feywild. Like a boat. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sorry. Um, so is in I. the in the Devils episode, we talked about how like the inherently or the wicked people of the world uh, by default go to the nine hells unless okay, yeah. they're so claimed by some other deity and they get tortured in the nine hells. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I would imagine it's the Raven Queen's job to make sure that well, these souls are these are nine hell souls and these are <laughs> astral sea souls. I forgot and, to empty my nine hells bucket. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So that's her job. Okay. Um, her origins are shrouded in mystery. It's kind of her thing. Like there are none left alive that remember her true name, and in fact. She she erased her original true name from existence. And oh. anyone who knew it is now gone. <laughs> she just unthreaded it from the fabric of reality. Mm-hmm. That, okay. that she did. She, she is usually depicted as a pale-skinned female humanoid with long black hair and large black wings, like feathered raven wings on her back. Okay. Um, like a big... Go- I always picture her like a big gothic elf. I always picture her like very large in yeah. stature. Yeah. Not like disproportionately, but like... Yeah, just yeah. like super was, tall. She's probably like I don't know, nine feet tall. Like, yeah, yeah, yes. See, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I think we're in the same boat. I don't usually picture her as an elf because she's not usually depicted as an elf. She's usually depicted as a human-looking humanoid. But I mean, like Shaquille O'Neal will be like, "I'm not more. used to this." When you right. look at it, <laughs> very much so. Okay, like, oh, this is how everyone else feels when they're around me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so now it's story time. Will, so, tell yeah. me a story. Okay, <laughs> so um, the Raven Queen. Was always a queen, she, even in life. In life, she was a very powerful sorcerer queen. Um, and she was very ambitious and very successful. And she was so ambitious and powerful and beautiful and all, all these things that she caught the eye of the god of death, Nerul. Okay. Now, this dude was evil as fuck and a dick. Um, she, at some point in her life, ca- catches the plague and dies. Now, it's not said whether Nerul had a hand in this, but I would not be surprised. And I would even... Like, since it's not stated, I would just say, in my world, yep, Nerul did it. So, <laughs> she catches this plague, she dies, and when she died, he swooped in on her soul, he gave her form, and made her his wife. Oh, crap. He renamed her Nera, 
And uh, yeah, so now she's with him in the astral sea. He's like, oh, you caught the plague. That's too bad. <laughs> oh. Wonder how that happened. I no know. idea. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Got hit with so, that smooth bubonic, uh, huh? So Nerul's <laughs> Nerul's whole deal is he's actually trying to conquer the universe by surprise. He is. I know. <laughs> he's hoarding all the souls and raising undead and just doing all that stuff. And basically, he wants to challenge all the gods and become, uh, you know, the over deity of everything. And sure. he is quite powerful. So is okay. I'm, I'm going to save my questions. Okay, yeah, please do. So um, rather than be downtrodden by this, uh, the Raven Queen, or at this point she was called Nera, grew her power by his side, and eventually learned how to harness the souls like he does. And okay. she overthrows the guy and she kills him. Nice. So yeah, very very. You killed the god of death. Effective power move. Trophy on her achieved. Part. Yeah, indeed. Um, she's by doing this, she then absorbs his domains. I think we talked about this in the deities episode. Okay, yes, uh, like domains. You, atten- you attend, you attain godhood by killing other gods. Yes. And, and all that stuff. Okay, it's like their energy has to like go to the closest living thing. Yeah, someone has to have domain over these things. So yeah, so um, <laughs> she's the only mortal in, um, I guess, you, vanilla D and D that has achieved godhood. By these means. The only other one is... Well, no, she's not the only one. She's the one of two who have done this. I was going to say, wasn't the other yeah. one the Lich guy? Uh, Vecna. Yes. Vecna, Vecna, there is the other one. So, and they I was going to be a, like, Will, that's not true. I know, In the right? Lich's episode, we talked about this. Yeah, we did, we did. Don't um, steer me wrong. <laughs> and it is specifically stated in uh, some of this old uh, in these old 4E books. By the way, digging up the material and the research on the Raven Queen was very difficult. I had to go find like old dungeon magazine books that are like way <laughs> out of print that I like because there's just not a lot written about her. But um, but in the the dungeon magazine, it did specifically say that the only other mortal who's achieved this is Vecna. So Vecna and the Raven Queen kind of have that in common. It's like the equivalent of trying to find the WWE Nintendo Power magazine from the 90s. I guess it is. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. Exactly. It's the, <laughs> why would you? Okay. All right. Why would you know about that? Yeah, why would I? Um, so here's the thing. And this is when things kind of get interesting. So she defeats Nerul. And at this point, her the domain's in the, in the Astral Sea. Well, after she defeats Nerul, all the other gods show up and they get involved and they... Hey, what the fuck was that? Yeah. What the fuck did you just <laughs> yeah, do? what happened? Uh, they, <laughs> they're not thrilled about the idea of raising a mortal up to godhood, but they are thrilled about getting rid of Nerul because that dude sucked. <laughs> but what they do is they allow her to take the domain of the dead. I think, is that right? No, of death itself. So she becomes a goddess of death at this point. Yeah, the process but they, of but, death. Yes, okay. of the process, exactly. But they deny her the domain of undeath and of the dead because they don't want another Nerul 2.0. Because okay, yeah. that was a serious problem. Like, he was getting all the mortal souls. I'm sure Asma fucking hated it. So, <laughs> so yeah, all the other gods got involved, and they're like, no, 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 no. You're going to be a goddess, and you're going to be awesome and powerful and all that, but you're definitely going to be a step lower than Nerul was because he sucked. She got really upset by this. Okay. <laughs> um, she got so upset that she left the Astral Sea, Went to the Shadowfell and uh, started her own little domain called Lathurna. Um, I believe she, it, it was at this point that she erased her name from existence and she kind of is now devoting her life to getting as much power as she can because she does not like any of the other gods. She's like a petulant child, like, Very I'm going to so. start my own shit. Exactly. And Fuck she doesn't like the other gods. She doesn't get involved in their stuff unless it benefits her. And she's constantly trying to gain power. Now, I think it could be argued, like, why is she trying to gain all this power? Like, is she really neutral or is she neutral because she's kind of forced to be? I don't know. Um, That ambition. 
Yeah, as a matter of fact, the only time she's... unchecked. Yeah. The only other time she's gotten involved with the other gods is, like, she got involved when Lolth rose up against Coralon, and she got involved with that, and her price for getting involved in helping Coralon was she took the domain of fate from Lolth. Okay. So... That just boosted her power. Now she has power over fate and death. Later on, there was another uprising, some goddess named Kala or something like that. Goddess of Winter. Okay. Obviously, she gets involved. She takes Winter. She kills Kala and takes Winter. Now she's got three domains. Yeah. And they I'm just sure. kind of happen to loosely be like integral to yeah. each other. <laughs> Happy coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. Like I'm just gonna. You know what? This yeah. is a good opportunity for me to grab that domain. Pluck. Yeah. And this maybe maybe, that, maybe it's not a coincidence. Maybe she argued with the other deities that she should get this because it kind of. Like they're related, right? Death and started and fate some and shit under behind the scenes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know she's constantly trying to grow her power. She isn't evil, but generally speaking, she's really cold and distant and unemotional. She's not very um, giving or forgiving to her followers. Yeah, it doesn't like sound like a friendly relationship. She's like, I'm here to like make you die. Yeah, and like she's <laughs> ambitious and she. She inspires fear amongst her foes and her followers alike. Like, most people live in fear of the Raven Queen because, like, they know death is coming for them at some point, and it's going to be her. Yeah. And, like, like, I hope I don't see the Raven Queen she, today. Right. It's and like she, seeing the Grim Reaper. I guess so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, very much so. And she doesn't do anything to quash these fears. If anything, she does stuff to inflame them. She wants people to fear her. Okay. Um, which leads to, like, a, a weird kind of uh, relationship that the people have with Raven Queen followers because in in normal lore Raven Queen followers are like the the clergymen that are handling like the burials and the funerals and the death ceremonies and all that stuff okay they're dedicated to caring for the dead and the dying and easing their passing so on one hand you need these people and like they do good work and they're probably decent people on the other hand like they work for this very like dark kind of deity that you're all kind of afraid of and like honestly the people that follow her are all kind of weirdos that are like super into death like like um not to say morticians are weirdos but it's like kind of hard to understand right because that's something most people don't want to even think about like everybody needs a job (laughs) right exactly so like this person wound up as a mortician it doesn't mean you're weird it's just like maybe you're maybe you're into it like it's it just sounds really lawful like like yeah, this I is would, a very I natural process, that. and like everybody succumbs to death, typ- right. Typically, especially like D and D, you hear about all the gods and like immortals and stuff, but that's like a very small percentage of like beings, right? D and D, very much so. But like you know, <laughs> you're just succumbing to the laws of nature. So right, right. Lawful? Is she lawful? No, she's supposed to be true neutral, which. You know, she's she's supposed to fall night on, on either side of chaos or law or good or evil. Okay. Which I think is, is, is the way it should be for the goddess of death. Okay. Um, I've seen iterations where she's a little bit more emotional or not emotional, but a little bit more caring than she you know, is. Neutral does make sense because the stuff I've listened to with the Raven Queen involved is like, yeah. I'm going to delay a death. So you'll serve me or like she, she takes liberty with it, like to benefit oh, she her. Does take liberty. With so that it. is we'll like talk a neutral. A little bit about that, okay. Yeah. So like lawful would be like, no, you, you are dying. Like, sorry. Yeah. The only undead that she likes are her undead. That's the thing. She doesn't seem to have a distaste for undead. She has a distaste for undead that don't serve her. Yeah. I think a big part of that is because like, she feels like that should be her domain. Undead is a like, if you think about it, it's kind of powerful. Like, it is very powerful. It's yeah. like life number two. Yeah, it's life number two. But not quite. Unending life number Un-life. two. Yeah, so. That being said, um, it's time to take a rest. Then we should. Let's take a rest. <laughs>
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the part of the show where... What, what the hell were we even talking about? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Here's what we're talking about now. The viewers. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, viewers. Well, thank the viewers. Thank you, viewers. Don't be and ungrateful, Will. And listeners. I'm not ungrateful. Oh, yeah, and listeners. I'm very, very, very thankful. If you're viewing it or listening to it, however you're consuming it, if you're just like putting your hand to the speaker and turning it up really loud and feeling it, that's great, too. Yeah, that is. Feel that is the awesome show. Good. We feel the show. <laughs> Indeed. Um, what do we... Well, I think first we need to announce uh, our patron. We got a new patron. We got a new patron, and uh, their name is, is Enrique, Enrique Nieves. There, you got it. I didn't. I, I'm sorry for butchering so many names. <laughs> let me wait. Let me. Thanks, say, Enrique. Enrique. N i e Nieves. Thanks, Nieves. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We're sorry. Thanks, Enrique. Thank you. We really appreciate <laughs> we know, it. We super do. And this I hope you're your... enjoying uh, the Vault Raider series. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, there's a new one coming out soon. Yes, I'm um, working on it now. Yeah, it's going to be really awesome. Uh, so, anything else that we got to say? Yeah, just you know the usual. Okay. Well, where, where to find us? What they can do for the show. Okay, so I had this radical idea. Oh, you want to listen? Yeah, let's listen? hear it. <laughs> okay. I tell somebody about the show, then I tell another person about the show, uh-huh. and then I tell those two people to do what I did and tell two people and they know about the show. And eventually everyone's going to know about it. Well, that's that's what I would hope. So I'm hoping, so since we have uh, a big pool of people that we're talking to right now, right. I'm going to tell all of them about yeah. our show. <laughs> okay. We do a thing called the Dungeon Cast. Go tell two people about it. Yeah, yeah, please do. Damn, I'm so far ahead of you right now, dog. Yeah. There you are. <laughs> anyway, um, you, you you could tell them about the show. Tell them this. Tell them that they could find us on SoundCloud.com slash the Dungeon Cast. They can find us on YouTube. Just search the Dungeon Cast. Thanks, Josh. And uh, <laughs> like, hit us up on uh, the Dungeon Cast at gmail.com or at the Dungeon Cast on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we got that's right. We got all our handles straight. We do. 
You can hit us up on iTunes. Leave us a review there. It's really sweet. Thanks to everybody who has so far. We love reading those. Yes, absolutely. And if uh, if we're saying some stuff, you don't like it. Tell us in the comments below. <laughs> yeah, actually, please do. Yeah, it's uh, we're into it. Yeah, it's well, weird. we're weird yeah, like that. It helps. It helps the show. We're we're super weird like that though. <laughs> okay. All right. I think I think we've said all that needs to be said. Uh, did I? I think so. Maybe I even said too much. Maybe, but I'm fine with it. Let's go back to the show. All right. Oh, what a good rest. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I feel pretty rested. There's a good story, Will. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I wish I could say I wrote it, but I didn't. Do you have any more stories to tell me? <laughs> um, I guess kinda. I got more facts to give you, really. Hit me with those. And good I think tidbits. what is a fact but a small story. It's so. like a um it's like a dog treat. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the dog treat of stories. Well, the your dog first treat dog of treat of stories is that the Raven Queen has a serious ongoing beef with Orcus, the demon prince of undeath. They hate each other. Ooh. Um, I think we in the Shadowfell episode we talked about how like uh, the Shadowfell is always dealing with like demon cults, yeah, mostly or- Orcus cults. Because okay. Orcus's deal is that he wants he already has power over undeath, uh, and what he wants is to kill the Raven Queen and become the ruler of death itself. I remember something about undeath and the Shadowfell being like a weird yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. We talked about how like it's kind of strange if the raven queen's there and she hates undeath why is there so much undeath that doesn't serve her in the Shadowfell? right i don't know man that's weird <laughs> it is it is weird <laughs> but you know what like she hasn't been in the shadow fell forever true kind okay. of in well i mean in she in, like inherited this bad in, like like this bad problem it's like in, when you buy a house and they didn't dust it yes there we go there we go <laughs> okay. well, they didn't dust it. that's pretty easy to, to fix i think it's more like nah, it's that the foundation dirt. is Thick dirt. Is, okay. it off. thick dirt. She um in God timelines like this is like yeah her new her new apartment. Okay, and she's still settling in. Right, she hasn't got rid of the pests. Nice. Okay, but uh, that being said, let's actually talk about where she lives. She lives in a citadel called Latherna, which lies in like these huge freezing mountains, and it's like a. So is a, it like made of ice? It's yeah, it's made of black ice. Whoa. By the way, yeah. So, you know, Neat. fitting goddess of death, goddess of winter, black, black eyes. She's a very gothic chic, like like I said before. Um, <laughs> Look at those arch Even though even though there's all this undeath in the Shadowfell that doesn't serve her, there are plenty of things that do. The Shadar Kai are probably the most notable beings that serve her. I, I think we talked a little bit about like there's some lore that was written where the Shadar Kai were humans that uh, feared death. And so they prayed to the Raven Queen to help them get over their fear of death and for some reason, she took a shine to them. I think she saw the opportunity to get some servants. And yeah, okay. So she turned them into the shadow uh, to the Shatter Kai, brought them into the Shadowfell. Um, Dear Raven Queen, I'm super bad at hunting because I just don't want to die. <laughs> right. Oh well, I got you. I got you. Pretty much. And she <laughs> she basically instilled with them into them like uh, a certain life view where they don't fear death, they embrace it. Okay. Kind of deal. Now there's totally opposing lore to that of how the Shadar Kai came about. But either way, the Shadar Kai do, in fact, embrace death, and they do, in fact, serve the Raven Queen quite commonly. Okay. So they're they're usually the most zealous of her followers. Um, so much so that it, the most zealous and powerful among them, she transforms into these death angels called Sorrowsworn. Now, there's a few different depictions of them. I'm not a huge fan of Sorrowsworn because the usual depiction is that they're really grotesque-looking, almost demon-looking, bat-winged humanoids that wield giant oh. scythes. Oh. And they're not gross-looking in like the cool way that sometimes devils and demons are. 
Uh, they're gross looking in well, they're just gross looking. They got like they're like bluish tinged skin and like their mouths are all warped and large, like Golbat from Pokemon. Oh, okay, like, sweet. Yeah, they're really gross looking. I when you say gross looking, do you remember the uh, Envy from Full Metal Alchemist? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. The non humanoid form that was like this big dog, oh, like yeah. monster made of faces. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. gross looking. Yeah, it I is. I, that. I would imagine it's in the same like vein. One of, of the faces of that dog creature. Yeah, uh, they got really warped faces and like gross yeah. looking skin and weird horny protrusions and great bat wings well yes never mind okay uh, so yeah th- those are the star sworn and they kind of just go around like opposing enemies to raven queen and and uh proliferators of undeath which she super doesn't like she's also known to raise a certain type of undead called revenants which oh, are basically that's a, that's a word i'm familiar with oh okay uh, they're they're kind of undead with a purpose, right? Like, and once you fulfill your purpose, you'll pass. But until then, you you get this everlasting life. That's the character from Crit Roll, I think, is a revenant. Is he? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that's a common thing Ra- the Raven Queen does for sure. Are, like her undead, um, usually like it, it's almost like a warlockish pact where it's yeah. like okay, you she'll give you this certain amount of life. And she'll allow you to accomplish your goal or whatever it is. Your... But then you belong to the Raven Queen. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, there it is. I think he's a paladin. Um, he starts multi-classing paladin after that. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. That's cool. I like that. And he can fly. That's, some yeah, that's fucking, fucking super dope. So, she, so he's like uh, not gross looking Sarsworn probably. Nope. No. Nope. He's like retains okay. his old body and everything. Did he have wings before? I don't think so. Okay. I picked up like... Right around there, so okay. we get some wings. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the changes between 4th edition of 5e. There's not very much of anything written about her in 5e. Okay. Because she's not a Forgotten Realms deity. And okay. since 5e is a Forgotten Realms uh, edition, if you will, like that's the default setting nowadays. Right. Um, the only thing that's been written about her has been, I think Xanathar's Guide might have had a little bit because of the Shadowfell thing in the hex play but i, I think oh. even in that one she wasn't mentioned she, read she was there. mentioned in unearthed arcana though and she's kind of oh. been demoted because she was a greater deity in 4e and now she's not a deity but she's on the same power level of like arch and great old ones and, and oh uh, okay devils and whatnot wow. so she, maybe she's still a goddess maybe not either way though she's still quite powerful that would be a cool module like a what? like a like a module adventure what do you mean? You know, like how Sword Coast Adventures guy yeah, is? Yeah. That'd yeah, be yeah. like one based off of the Raven Queen would be super That'd cool. That'd be cool. Like a Raven Queen adventure. Or, or like a Shadowfell adventure. The Raven Queen becomes, you know, reaches Godhead. Or yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I, I like that idea. Um, but basically, she's kind of like a warlock pact maker now. And like there, there was a whole thing where they were trying to tie the... Well, and they did end up tying the Hexblade to the Shadowfell. And okay, so like, yeah. in the Unearthed Arcana, they talk about... Her and her warlocks and how that all works. I didn't really get into it because it's not official yet. So I right. haven't really delved into it. And it really left a bad taste in my mouth when it came to the whole Hexblade being tied to the show. Oh, yeah, thing, I remember that. It sure did. I'm not going to bitch about here. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's really all there is when it comes to fifth edition on her. She's really, really unestablished because she's so new and they did, she, she was a goddess of mystery. So they didn't delve too much into her in fourth edition. And then fifth edition, they dropped her for a little bit. And now we're starting to see a little bit of her here and there. Um, so yeah, that's the Raven Queen, man. Do you got any questions? Um, do I have any questions? Not, not really. I, I kind of get it. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, straightforward. <laughs> she's really, um, intriguing, I think. As yeah, a goddess. I think it's a cool character and all she's, the time. She's one I common, commonly see integrated into people's campaigns. I've used her quite oftenly. Um, I had a, a character who, um, actually I had a character who served, 
a gender bended version of her that I had for my uh, homebrew campaign, the Raven King. Okay, who actually had a name, and he was a much nicer person than she is. <laughs> um, and his whole ordeal, uh, just to talk about my homebrew campaign back in the day, was that because those characters actually went back in time to like the beginning times, like when the gods were first born and whatnot. Sure, and like he was a d, he was. Um, in that world, the deities are actually a certain race of beings that were the first race, mm-hmm. and they later be- they became the gods once they kind of figured out who they were on an individual basis. And so, when they go back in time, like he's like the last one of his kind that hasn't figured out who or what he is. Okay, and like what he begins to see is like all the souls of the dying are just kind of left floating about and like miserable or being harnessed for evil or or whatever and all the other gods don't seem to care and so eventually as the campaign progressed and he got to know this servant of his from the future who didn't know who he was <laughs> okay. at the time okay uh so his own his own servant uh his own avenger from like a million years in the future comes back in time and meets him and they don't know who each other are and through the avengers uh emulation of the Raven King from the future. He learns who he should be and becomes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's fucking Terminator. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So, but basically he takes it upon himself, uh, the responsibility of these souls and what to do with them. And like, he tries to approach it from a neutral standpoint. So yeah, that was my take on the God of death or the goddess of death. (laughs) Sweet. Okay. There it is. (laughs) I just like, uh, I super like Davy Jones. Yeah. Okay. Davy Jones is like the, like the Raven queen, like in pirates of the Caribbean. I guess so. So in, in pirates, it's he's like the servant of the ocean goddess or whatever, right? Yes. So like, it's like not quite a god, but he gets immortal, and it's like, if you do your job, everything is a okay. Right. If you don't do your job, you're a crazy octopus face man. Right. You're the fucking Cthulhu. In D D terms, he's the exarch of a of a deity. Yeah. Yeah. So and yeah, that's something we'll have to talk about exarchs and stuff. We'll probably talk about exarchs in the episode where we talk about angels and celestials in general. Raven Queen in Critical Role is like super scary. She's she? like, she should be like, she makes the characters like walk into a pool of blood to talk to her and they like choke and die on oh. the blood. Okay. So she's like, weird. Pass over. She's really weird. I like the concept that they use where I think, I think the way it worked was like they died the, Oh, and I they, see. while they were passing over, they're able to talk to the Raven Queen and then she's just like, you're back. Okay. She reverses like, it for them. Yeah. yeah. Like. Because you're not really supposed to die here. Like, right. You're doing this weird shit to talk to me. Yeah. And, and it's like, I'm humoring you because you could serve me kind of deal. And they show up and she's it. like, so how does the blood taste? Ooh. And they're like, really bad. And she's like, good. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Well, I think at that point now we're just making stuff up. So I did make stuff up. Maybe we, we should call it a game. Let's call it a game. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. 
and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.